Ananta Koti Vaishnava Rindiki Jai, Samavetta Bhakti Rindiki Jai, Go Premanandi, All Glories to Sam of the Bodhis, All Glories to Sam of the Bodhis, All Glories to Sam of the Bodhis, All Glories to Sri Guru and Sri Guranga, All Glories to Srila Prabhupada. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Nama Om Vishnu Panaya Krishna Prasthaya Buddhale Shimate Bhaktivedanta Swami Nityanamani Namaste Saraswata Devi Gauravani Pacharane Nirvasesha Shunyavani Pastacharisha Tarane Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhar Shivasri Gaur Bhakta Rinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Reading from Srimad Bhagavan Kanto 7 Chapter 3 Text 13 Tavasanam dvijagavam Paramescham jagatpate Bhavaya shreyase bhutyai Kshemaya vijayaya cha
Okay. Tava. Your. Asanam. Position on the throne. Dvija. Of the Brahmanical culture, the Brahmanas. Gavam. Of the cows. Paramestyam. Supreme. Jagatpate. O master of the whole universe. Bhavaya. For improvement. Shreya say. For the ultimate happiness. Bhutyai. For increasing the opulence. Chemaya. For maintenance and good fortune. Vijayaya. For victory and increasing prestige. Cha. And translation, or Lord Brahma, your position within this universe is certainly most auspicious for everyone, especially the cows and brahmanas. Brahminical culture and protection of cows can be increasingly glorified, and thus all kinds of material happiness, opulence, and good fortune will automatically increase. But unfortunately, if Rani Kasipu occupies your seat, everything will be lost. Purport. In this verse, the words Dvija Gavam Paramestyam indicate the most exalted position of the Brahmanas, Brahminical culture, and the cows. In Vedic culture, the welfare of the cows and the welfare of the Brahmanas are essential. Without a proper arrangement for developing Brahminical culture and protecting cows, all the affairs of administration will go to hell. Being afraid that Ranikasipu would occupy the post of Brahma, all the demigods were extremely disturbed. Hiranyakasipu was a well-known demon, and the demigods knew that if uh, demons and rakshasas were to occupy the supreme post, Brahminical culture and protection of cows would come to an end. As stated in Bhagavad Gita, the original proprietor of everything is Lord Krishna, Moktaram Sarva Lokamaheshwaram. The Lord, therefore, knows particularly well how to develop the material condition of the living entities within this material world. In every universe, there is one Brahma engaged on behalf of Lord Krishna, as confirmed in Srimad Bhagavatam Tene Brahma Hradaya Adi Kavaye. The principal creator in each Brahmanda is Lord Brahma, who imparts Vedic knowledge to his disciples and sons. On every planet, the king or supreme controller must be a representative of Brahma. Therefore, if a rakshasa or demon were situated in Brahma's post, then the entire arrangement of the universe, especially the protection of the Brahminical culture and cows, would be ruined. All the demigods anticipated this danger, and therefore they went to request Lord Brahma to take immediate steps to thwart Hiranyakasipu's plan. In the beginning of creation, Lord Brahma was attacked by two demons, Madhu and Kaitaba, but Krishna saved him. Uh, therefore, Krishna is addressed as Madhu Kaitaba Mantra. Now again, Rakangasipu was trying to replace Brahma in the material world. So situated that even the position of Lord Brahma, and not to speak of ordinary living entities, is sometimes in danger. Nonetheless, until the time of Rakangasipu, no one has tried to replace Lord Brahma. Ranikasipu, however, was such a great demon that he maintained this ambition. The word Bhutjai means for increasing opulence, and the word Shreya Se refers to ultimately returning home back to Godhead. 
in spiritual advancement, one's material position improves at the same time that the path of liberation becomes clear and one is freed from material bondage. If one is situated in an opulent position in spiritual advancement, his opulence never decreases. Therefore, such a spiritual benediction is called a bhuti or vibhuti. Krishna confirms this in Bhagavad Gita, yat yat vibhuti matsatvam mama tejongsa sambhavam. If a devotee advances in spiritual consciousness and thus becomes materially opulent also, his position is a special gift from the Lord. Such opulence is never to be considered material. At the present, especially on this planet Earth, the influence of Lord Brahma has decreased considerably and the representatives of Harantikas, Buddha, Rakshasas and demons have taken charge. Therefore, there is no protection of Brahminical culture and cows, which are the basic prerequisites for all kinds of good fortune. This age is very dangerous because society is being managed by demons and rakshasas. Hmm. So this is a chapter describing Hiranyakasipu's plan to take over the universe. We know that Brahma is appointed by the Lord. He is the creator of all the planets and the bodies for the living entity. He sits at the top in Brahma Loka as the supreme ruler. And now there are many rulers within this uh, world because there are many planets and within the planets there's Varshas and whatever like that. So each place has so many rulers in it, but he's the, on the very top. So when the Devatas are in trouble, they will go to Brahma and consult, what should we do? Because he's the topmost consultant. Uh, so, uh, in this case, the Devatas understood the plan of Hiranyakasipu to take over power. This is like a revolution. Huh? <laughs> Kick them out and put somebody else, put themselves in power. Hiranyakasipu, take Brahma up, put himself on the throne. So, uh, sometimes this will happen within the universe. In fact, we can say it is a characteristic of the universe that is going to be conflict like this at all times. So one of the topics of the Bhagavatam, ten topics of the Bhagavatam is uti, which means impulses. So there are two basic impulses, the impulses of the devatas and the impulses of the demons. <laughs> when uh, Brahma creates a material world, he also creates demons. <laughs> he creates devatas and sages, then he produces all these wicked entities, like rakshasas and demons and whatever, daityas and all this, they all come out of Brahma. So within this universe, we've got a little war going on at all times between these two forces, those under the Supreme Lord and then under Brahma and downwards, devatas, etc., trying to maintain order, not for their own sense enjoyment, but in order to follow the order of the Lord that all living entities get protection and they're allowed to live their life peacefully. So that's the basic idea of the universe. And the devatas are there on different planets to make sure this happens. And then under them we get the, on earth planet we get Manus and their descendants. And they become the king, the king of you know, Bharat Varsha and they try to rule over this area and you know, establish Dharma and Bhakti. So there's a whole plan of the Supreme Lord here. But unfortunately the nature of the material world is that it is ultimately made out of matter and basic 
well, one of the influences of matter is tamagun <laughs> and ignorance. Uh, of course, we have rajas and sattva also, but often uh, that mixture, in that mixture, uh, tamas and rajas become more prominent. And then we get the rise of the demons. Huh? And when they get powerful, then they'll try to take over. <laughs> so therefore, we have the, the, the gunas at work all the time. Sometimes sattva is prominent, sometimes rajas is prominent, sometimes tamas is prominent. So when sattva is prominent, then the devatas are in control and everything is peaceful. And then when rajas and tamas become prominent, then the demons get very powerful and then they start fighting and they try to take over. So that conflict is always there, so that's called the uti. And that's actually the subject of the seventh canto, the conflict between the forces of good and evil within the universe, represented by the devas and Brahma and the demons like Rani Kasipu. But we'll see this is always taking place. His brother, Hranyaksha, tried to do the same thing, and then Vishnu, uh, Varaha, killed him. Um, it mentioned here how the two demons, uh, Madhu and Kaitaba, were there. They attacked Brahma, and then the Lord saved them, Say, uh, killed the demons and saved Brahma. Uh, so um, constantly there's uh, this conflict going on within the universe. Uh, and it says the nature of the material world because Thomas and Rajas are always there and sometimes they'll become prominent. Similarly, we'll have uh, the cycle of yugas. Satya-treta-dvorpa-kali. So it starts off all very sattvas prominent. As we go to treta and dvorpa-yuga, then gradually tamagun and rajagun become more prominent. And then in uh, kali-yuga, Samaguna is very prominent and Sattva is very weak. <laughs> so we get a cycle like that with, you know, 1,000 times in a day of Brahma from Sattvic to Tamas, Sattvic to Tamas, Sattvic to Tamas going on. So uh, we can't expect that all the time uh, the um, order is going to be in place. It's going to get upset and it gets upset. This is, of course, our limited zone here where we get the yuga cycles and Bharvarsha. <laughs> we get this whole cycle going on all the time. So uh, that conflict is there, and sometimes the demons get powerful and they disturb the whole universe. Uh, so that's what happens here with Kranikasipu, uh, trying to take over the universe. Uh, uh, so the devatas are giving some advice to Lord Brahma. You better prevent this, uh, uh, because if you, if you don't, uh, there's going to be disaster. Mm. So they point out the, uh, say, the condition if Brahma is in power, uh, actually empowered by the Supreme Lord to establish Dharma properly within the universe. Huh? So if the, the, the position of Brahma is intact, huh, uh, then we get all auspiciousness, all happiness, all wealth, all good fortune, etc., as explained in this verse. And uh, the cows are protected and the brahmanas are protected. Uh, and if Hrani uh, Kasipu is in power, everything is destroyed. So, uh, it is very difficult for people as they go through the gunas and they sink in the gunas to distinguish who's right and who's wrong, who's good and who's bad. So when we get to Tamagun, the Tamagun people then, everybody's in Tamagun, they don't know who's who. <laughs> so they'll, they'll worship the wicked guy, Pranikastipu. He becomes very powerful and they get support from everybody. Yeah. 
So this is the, we could say, the inbuilt nature of the material world, that we're going to have periods like that. However, we got the Supreme Lord on top and then Brahma empowered by him, so there is a little bit of a safety mechanism by which things go back into balance when it gets too much out of control. <laughs> so that's one of the purposes of the Bhagavatam, to show how, in spite of the fact that Tamagun is inherent in the material world, still, the Lord makes an arrangement so that eventually things go back to their equilibrium and Brahma gets control, Sattvagun is prominent, etc. within the universe. So he makes that arrangement. Huh? Uh, but when it's too difficult, then the Devatas panic, the Lord Brahma panic, and they go to the Lord and say, please help us, please save us. <laughs> it's getting too, we, we can't handle the situation anymore. So they call on the Supreme Lord. But that also is another arrangement of the Lord for maintaining the balance. If it's not too extreme, then everything is left up to the devatas and they will have to battle the demons or whatever. And then under them we have the rulers of earth and we get the manus and their descendants and they will have to take care of everybody whatever. If there's problem, then they fight and win. But when it gets you know, too extreme, then the Supreme Lord will intervene and he will come as avatar. And he comes over and over within the day of Brahma because of this. He comes and he kills Sranyaksha. He comes here to kill as Narshamadev, to kill Ranikasipu. Comes as Krishna to kill Kamsa and all the all demons at that time. He comes as Rama and kills Ravana. And so over and over again, the Lord will come when there is acute situation where the demons are getting too strong. Huh? And when, this, when the Lord comes and kills the demons, gets rid of them, then things go back to normal again. So there are mechanisms by which uh, the Lord restores order within the universe. But what is this order, the, 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 the ideal situation within the universe? Okay, we have Brahma on the top and the devatas and everyone else, and then people worship devatas and worship Lord Brahma. Yeah, that's one. So we have Dharma. That's one aspect that uh, the Manus enforce. But the other aspect is a little bit higher than that, and that is bhakti. So though we generally think of the devatas, you know, just involved in dharma, etc., and uh, the manus establishing dharma, like uh, manu, manus uh, smriti to establish varnashram dharma, etc., that's their role. But their other role is bhakti. So we should never forget and think that uh, establishing dharma and varnashram is the ultimate goal of the devatas and uh, the manus. No, ultimately bhakti is the final goal. So therefore we'll see that we have yuga dharmas, principal dharmas for each yuga. It's not varnashram dharma. Eh? So in satya yuga, the principal yuga dharma is meditation. Meditation on who? On Vishnu, on the Supreme Lord. So meditation on the Supreme Lord is a type of bhakti. <laughs> And in Treta Yuga, they, of course, they do homas, sacrifices. So we think, oh, sacrifices to devatas, but no, it's sacrifice to Vishnu. Another type of worship of Vishnu. Again, it's bhakti. And then in uh, Dwarpa Yuga, it is deity worship, achanam, or paricharya, serving the Lord in the deity form. Who is the deity? Supreme Lord, Krishna, Vishnu, etc. It's all bhakti. And in Kali Yuga, what do we do? Nam Sankirtan. We don't, we're not doing kirtan for devatas. <laughs> or in Devatas for Krishna <laughs> or Vishnu. 
So, uh, therefore, the dharma of all the yugas is ultimately not varnashram dharma, but bhakti in different forms for people who are differently qualified. So, of course, the Lord comes personally to establish all these dharmas. He becomes the yuga avatar in Satya Yuga, Treta Yuga, Dvarpa Yuga, Kali Yuga. The Lord himself comes to establish that. But that's not contrary to the manus in their reign because they, they preside over all of the yugas and they encourage the yuga dharma, etc. throughout all their different reigns. So, uh, unfortunately, when in Kali Yuga, especially our Kali Yuga, the situation is more... That's different. <laughs> uh, one, of course, is that uh, we have Krishna coming in Dwarfa Yuga, and then Lord Chaitanya coming in our Kali Yuga. So he's not the normal Yuga avatar, uh, just to do Kirtan, whatever, like that. He is not different from Krishna himself, and Krishna's not an ordinary avatar also to establish deity worship. He's a little bit different. He is Swayam Bhagavan. He is the source of all avatars. <laughs> and Lord Chaitanya is the source of all avatars, because he's not different from Krishna. So we get two forms who are quite different from the normal 999 <laughs> yuga avatars that come, you know? <laughs> of course, times four, uh, 1,000 times in the day of Brahma and times four because there's four avatars. So these two are very special. Uh, and of course, the age is also very special. Uh, one, one particular quality of this, of course, the quality of uh, Dwarpi Yuga was that at the very end, uh, Kamsa became very powerful, so Krishna came and he killed him, and you had Kurukshetra war and all that, and put the Pandavas on the throne, but then Krishna immediately disappeared. <laughs> and then Kali Yuga started. And then the, what happens in Kali Yuga is that Manu, the descendant of Manu, they continue for the whole of the four million odd years of the Yuga cycle, and it goes on for 71 Yuga cycles like this, Manu's descendants sons and grandsons and great-grandsons go on for 71 yuga cycles, which is 4 million times 71 <laughs> years. <laughs> that whole dynasty goes on for that long. But then in our particular yuga, for some reason, the descendant of mother decides, uh, I don't like this, so I'm going to retire. And he disappears. And he says, I'll only appear when Satya Yuga comes and it's a little easier. <laughs> so we don't have anybody there to rule anymore. The ruler abdicated, so to speak. <laughs> and the thing is, the Manus and their descendants are empowered by the Lord. The Prabhupada talks about vibhutis <laughs> here. They get special benediction, the vibhutis. Uh, so the Devadas get special benediction to rule over. Brahma gets special. Of course, he's a guna avatar. Uh, but there's something like Shakavesh avatars, but not that great, because Shakavesh avatars are eternal, so the Devadas get temporary powers to rule like that. The sages, the great sages, like Marichi, they get special powers to rule. That's so they call vibhutis of the Lord. So the Manus also get this special power to rule. Their descendants get that special power. The, the Lord gives them special power so that they can rule with authority and with the Dharma and with Bhakti. Okay? So, uh, therefore, they don't have too many problems. They can institute everything very nicely. But then what happens if they, the Manos descendant disappears? Then the whole system falls apart. Just as a Brahma's uh, taken out of power and Hranikasibu gets control, the whole universe falls apart, system gets broken up. So if the Manos descendant is not around, then, of course, again, we're going to find a dissolution of all that Dharma. Uh, so that's what happens in our Kali Yuga. 
the Senate's not there. He can't, uh, you know, keep the everybody under control. And things become uh, completely chaotic because of that. Uh, so that's our special position of our Kali Yuga also. <laughs> but then the other speciality is that we also get the Yuga avatar who is not just some Yuga avatar who is an expansion of an expansion of an expansion um, or a Shaktivish avatar, whatever. We get an avatar who is non-different from Krishna who is the source of all avatars. So we got some special to counteract all this influence since we don't have a descendant of Manu around. At least we got the Yuga avatar who is more powerful than anybody else. <laughs> so that's Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And then he gives us the method by which we can counteract you know, all the influence, sinful activities of Kali Yuga and whatever through the process of bhakti. So Prabhupada explains in his purport here that uh, when you do bhakti, uh, then um, everything accompanies the bhakti. Yeah? Uh, as you advance spiritually, everything else follows after that. Yeah? So Prabhupada says, in spiritual advancement, one's material position improves at the same time that the path of liberation becomes clear and one is freed from material bondage. So the easiest process for spiritual advancement is Harinam Sankirtan, chanting the name of Krishna. So as we do that, then prosperity increases. Everything will increase. Their order will increase. Lack of chaos will be there, etc. Yeah? So uh, everything will accompany the process of uh, spiritual advancement through Nam Sankirtan. Yeah? Uh, so that was of that, of course, is the. Uh, method of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we say, you know, Harinam Eva Kevalam, only Harinam. Nasteva, 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 Gatiranita, nothing else, nothing else, nothing else. Not Karma Yoga, not Karma Yoga, not Jnana Yoga, nothing else. Harinam <laughs> Sankirtan. So we do that. Uh, someone asked, well, okay, we just do Kirtan, we don't have to do worship, we don't have to read scriptures, we don't have to do any association, no hearing, nah, we just do Nam Sankirtan only. <laughs> But that's not the intention when um, we say Harinam Eva Kevalam. Harinam is the main process, but there are other processes of bhakti also, so we don't discard those. When we say Harinam Eva Kevalam, we're discarding all the other processes, Karma Yoga, Gan Yoga, Stanga Yoga, and whatever else thing you do. So that's the, the main process is Harinam Sankirtan, but we do the other processes of bhakti and we discard the other processes. So that's, and then we do that, Everything else that we need will accompany that. So we get everything else that is necessary for surviving in this world and whatever. Now, of course, it's also at the end of the Bhagavad Gita where there is Krishna and Arjuna, then we get all prosperity, whatever, all wealth, etc., etc., etc. We get all these nice things, good fortune, etc. So the main process, therefore, is Nam Sankirtan. We don't have the um, the uh, the uh, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's disappeared, but the process continues. We don't have the Manu's descendant around because he's hiding in the Himalayas, <laughs> not around until Satya Yuga comes again. But our Lord Chaitanya has given the process by which we can establish ourselves nicely, advance spiritually, and consequently, everything else happens follows that. <laughs> Uh, so that is the main process that has been 
taught by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and that has been passed down to us through our Parampara down to Srila Prabhupada, and that's what he is emphasizing also. But as I said, yes, we do Nam Sankirtan, but that is supported by Shravanam Kirtan, you know, um, Sadhu Sangha, Archana, etc. We don't reject those processes. They are there, but they are also made, let's say, more powerful by Nam Sankirtan. So that's the basis of our spiritual advancement and our material advancement in Kali Yuga <laughs> with the blessings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Uh, okay, any question there? Hmm. When the spiritual life increases, the material life increases. But some people's material life increases without the spiritual life. Yeah, so yeah. somebody who's a devotee, yeah. their, their material life can increase and then yeah. um, that would be classed as, um, yeah, this can, material advancements. Yeah, makes yeah, sense yeah, of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so yes, people can get material advancement without bhakti, without spiritual life, etc. That's possible. You can get it, of course, better to get it, of course, you can get it with effort, but better to get it by doing karma yoga or punyas. So that's basically the promise there. Uh, you do pious activities, you help other people, you do charities, the result, you get good karma, and therefore automatically you don't strive for getting your good fortune in your next lifetime, etc. Huh? So that's the, the normal process, uh, the Vedic process of doing that. Of course, if you're not following the Vedas, then you have other processes of doing that. But basically, um, it's all tied around piety to get that. Huh? Now, when we say that uh, material prosperity will accompany the bhakti, it's not that uh, we're doing bhakti in order to get more material prosperity. You can also do that. <laughs> this becomes what we call mixed bhakti, where we worship the Lord, but we're praying for many things. And the Lord will give those things. Uh, so that's called uh, impure bhakti or mixed bhakti. So, uh, and it's quite common also, uh, not only in our religion, but in, uh, in other religions also, they often go to church and they're praying for material things. <laughs> or they go to Buddha and they're praying for material things. So that's a type of mixed devotion. <laughs> uh, not the th highest thing, but the, the Lord is merciful, so he gives people these things, and by that they increase their faith. Yeah? But higher than that is to worship the Lord without desiring or asking for anything material at all which means we're doing it at a pure love, not out of desire to get something back. <laughs> so that we call the ahituki bhakti, or pure bhakti, or unconditional love. So that's a higher principle. Now, of course, there is a goal on that also, uh, but it's not really for ourself. Uh, the goal is to please Krishna. And when Krishna is pleased, then we get bliss. Some, and that's eternal, so we do get a result, that's eternal bliss, but uh, our, our process is simply to try to please the Lord without asking for anything back. And when we practice that nicely, the Lord responds, but in the main prayer, he takes care of the devotee so that he gets everything materially he requires without you having to think about it too much. <laughs> so that, that's the idea of here. Thank you, Prabhu. Can I, can I ask one more question? Yeah. So, um, how much of, life, so in this life you say that you can get good karmic reactions, so what yeah. you put out obviously comes back, so yeah. you get a lot of the karma from this life too. So yeah. it's not all about past life karma in this life, uh -huh. it's also this life too. 
Oh yeah, both things. Of course, we usually speak of karma of getting a, a, a result in a future life. So you do the karma now, you get it in a future lifetime. But it also works in this lifetime to some degree. In other words, it's not that everything we just have to uh, sit here and we can't yeah. do anything because all of our karmas are affecting us and we're hopeless. Huh? So uh, we do have the karmas, and then we have our own attitude, and then our own desires and our own activities we do this lifetime that is also helping us to go in a certain direction. Uh, so we've got bad karmas, and then we decide to do all sorts of bad activities. The result gets worse. <laughs> and if we have uh, bad activities and we decide, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. I think I will give this up and try to do something else. Then we can improve our situation. So we're not fated completely to suffer and suffer and suffer if we've got bad karmas. By proper choices, then we can improve our situation in this lifetime also. And if we have good karmas, we can spoil the whole thing by doing all sorts of sinful activities in this life also. We get thrown in jail or whatever like that. Huh? Or uh, we can take the opposite thing and I got good karmas, therefore I'll do more <laughs> good activities. <laughs> get more happiness that way. So, you yeah, know, this lifetime activities will affect this lifetime, but they'll also affect next lifetime. <laughs> Thank you, Prabhu. Um, Lord Chaitanya only appears very rarely yeah. and bestows more than any other avatar. Yeah. What about the other Kali Yuga avatars? Mm -hmm. yeah. They also promote Nam yes. yeah. Sankatan, yeah. but they don't give as much as Lord Chaitanya. Yeah, because they're not non-different from Krishna. They're actually a, uh, they're actually Shaktavesh avatars. It's that because um, Krishna, uh, the Supreme Lord is called Triyuga. He only appears in three yugas, not in Kali Yuga. But it was a while. What about Kali Yuga? You know, it's like Kali Yuga avatar. So then the answer is, well, yeah, the Lord appears in Kali Yuga to spread the Yuga Dharma, but he's a jiva. He's a Shaktivesh avatar, so he's kind of half half. <laughs> so he's empowered by the Lord, but he's a jiva, so therefore he's still Tri Yuga. So that's the normal situation. In Kali Yuga, we get Shaktivesh avatars appearing, not Supreme Lord himself. When other three yugas, it's the Supreme Lord's expansions himself. Of course, there are also Amsas of Amsas, so they're not all powerful. But, uh, so in that way, those um, personalities are a little different. Uh, whereas uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is not only non-different from the Supreme Lord. He's also non-different from Krishna, who is Swayam Bhagavan. He's the source of all of the avatars, so he's in a very special position. So that's one unique aspect of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So in the other 999 Kali Yugas, yes, they do Kirtan as the Yuga Dharma, but may not be Krishna. <laughs> it could be someone else. Vishnu, 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 Vishnu Kirtan or whatever. So they go to Vishnu instead of Krishna. <laughs> the thing about Lord Chaitanya is that uh, his whole idea is to bring the fallen jivas of Kali Yuga back to Radha and Krishna because he takes the mood of Radha. So, but that's not going to happen in other yugas <laughs> because only one who is non-different from Krishna can get you up to the level of Krishna. One who is lesser cannot get you up that far. Yeah. So like Ramchandra cannot get you up to Krishna, he can get up to Ramchandra, but he won't get you up to Krishna. So, Lord Chaitanya can get you up there. <laughs>
So therefore it's a little bit different from all the other Yuga avatars who are all Shaktivesh avatars also, but they're not Shaitanya Mahaprabhu and generally they're not worshipping Krishna. So they're, we have Kirtana, Vishnu or whoever, and that's other Yugas. But through that they can realize the Lord and they can go to Vaikuntha or wherever through that. Hmm. So how come we got so fortunate to be <laughs> just after Lord Chaitanya? Yeah, I guess all the people of Kali Yuga after the advent of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu are fortunate in that regard. Just to be born in that, you know, after that because we get the opportunity to get the Nam Sankirtan introduced by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So we are all fortunate, everybody after him. <laughs> Why? I guess that's Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy. <laughs> So when we say Nam Sankirtan, um, we place a lot of emphasis on chanting 16 rounds. Yeah, Java. And, yeah. and uh, that is integral to yeah. making spiritual advancement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what's the, where's the balance? Because mm -hmm. yeah. we're also encouraged to do Hari Nam Sankirtan, yeah. which is yeah. Uh, going out and chanting Hare Krishna congregationally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one could assume, because we could be chanting Hare Krishna in the temple. Yeah. And that's also Nam Sankirtan. Yeah. 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 So, what, yeah. In other words, what's we the say, magic no, no formula? No more japa unless it's do kirtan on the street all day. Yeah. <laughs> that's the Yuga Dharma. <laughs> yeah. There's some people yeah. who say that too, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course, if we look at the uh, uh, conduct of our acharyas, they do both things. <laughs> and it's also explained, I forgot where, um, but that, anyway, it says that, okay, it takes two forms, that kirtan. One, of course, is chanting with, you know, tunes and rags, etc. The other is doing your japa. So in other words, Harinam Sankirtan includes your japa. <laughs> so this is another form. Huh? And it's a little bit different from the other japa, which is the japa of other mantras, like diksha mantras, etc., huh? which are mm -hmm. secret because everybody can do this, everybody knows it. And uh, you don't have to do it completely silently. It says there, you know, for the japa of the mantras, the best is the manasic japa, where you don't even say anything, don't move your lips, you're just kind of meditating on the mantra, that's the best, you know. But uh, for the of Nam, Hare Krishna, whatever, then chanting the name, then that's no restriction like that. So you can do japa, but you don't have to keep it really silently, utter it just softly or whatever. So the purpose of that is that, um, of course, one, we can count, and therefore we can, uh, let's say, be, have a regulated type of you know, sadhana by counting how many names we, or how many rounds we chant, etc. and that's one thing. Uh, the other is, it's also uh, good for um, increasing our concentration, uh, so we can turn that into smaranam, uh, uh, is where we can remember the Lord, etc., et so that's it acts as a, a medium to uh, purify the mind and concentrate the mind that, with the japa. And, and always think of Krishna, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the whole purpose. And then it, uh, it can be very confusing for a devotee because there's all everything else that you've got to do as well. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I, I remember when I was a younger devotee, or very young devotee, I was always looking for the magic key. You know, where's the magic key that opens up the door to bhakti? Yeah, yeah. And then after a while I discovered that it's a whole range of things, it's many, many things that yeah, come, yeah, yeah, yeah. come together yeah. that ultimately um, support your 
thinking of Krishna effectively. Yeah, I always sort of remember Krishna, never forget him, that's the main principle, and then the main means of doing that is chanting Krishna's name. <laughs> and all the processes we have are there, but they're actually supporting that, and if we don't do that, then they also get weakened, because Haridam is the most purifying of all. Thank you. Um, Maharaj, you mentioned Utaya, the creative impetus. Um, um, Desire Tree defines it as the impetus for activity is the desire for fruitive work. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you just please clarify my understanding? That You're talking about the, the uti impulse? N- no, or? no, you mentioned um, that this canto that, canto that we are reading yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, describes one of the 10 subjects of Srimad Bhagavatam. Yeah, yeah. Is that not the creative inf- impetus? Yeah, uh, well, if it's uti, Huh? Say again. Uti, uti. Uti. If you look at the ten things, there's sarga, visarga, stana, and uh, poshana, uh, and uti. <laughs> okay. The, yeah, so uti, and then we have manvantara. Thank you. And like that, so it's uh, that one, which is, uh, I mean, impulses. It means impulses, but then uh, I think it's Vishnu Chakravarti says, okay, it's both two impulses, and one is the good and one is the bad. And yes. both there in the universe. So that's represented by Hranikasipu and Prabhupada, yes. basically. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Uti. Yeah, Uti. Thank you, Prabhupada. Yeah. Oh, this thing here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know how they name these things. They're a little bit off things, some of them. You can't figure out what thing. <laughs> so I, actually, um, for the topics, Jiva Goswami says, actually, we cannot identify one topic with one canto because there's 12 cantos and there's 10 topics, so obviously they don't go like that. <laughs> uh, and um, they're all topics in all cantos, basically. That's another point he makes. But Vishnu Chakravarti says, okay, that may be so, but anyway, we, we see prominently that, uh, for instance, the fifth canto is about stanam. It's the geography of the universe, obviously. Eighth canto is obviously, there's Manvantaras mentioned there. There's a whole chapter on Manvantaras in the future, etc., etc., like that. So then uh, he takes the, um, he starts with not the first and second, uh, third canto. He'll start with Sarga, with uh, Mahavishnu glancing in third canto, and there's a lot of details there. Fourth canto is the creation of Lord Brahma, all the living entities and the sages, and everyone comes out of Brahma. And fifth canto is Stana, or the geography. Sixth canto is Poshana, because there's a story of Ajamil and how the holy name protects even Ajamil, who was a sinner, whatever like that. So the Lord enters into the universe in spite of all the you know, confusion there, and he protects everybody, even the people like Ajamil. And then Uti, the, the conflict between the good and the bad, in the seventh with this story. And then uh, the Manvantaras in the eighth canto, and then Ish Anukata which is uh, there, the stories of the Lord and the devotees, so Ram Chandra and many other um, avatars there. And of course, 10th is Asraya, the thing. 11th is Moksha, liberation. Uh, Krishna gives elaborate teachings to Uddhava, I think three chapters there on Moksha. And 12th is obviously destruction because four types of destruction are 
which is Nero, the ninth topic, that's in the 12th canto. So that's how he, this Vishnu's <laughs> version of things. And then 10th is Asraya, that's the source of everything, Krishna. Uh, Maharaj, in the Bhagavad Gita, where it mentions that um, of all the yagyas, that I'm the Japa Yagya or of the mantras and the Gayatri, so how do we understand in the context of the Kali Yoga, where it's the Nama Sankirtan, the Harikasha Mantra? Was that the first part of the mantras? So, where Krishna says of the Vibhutis, where he talks about that I'm, of all the yagyas, I'm, I'm the Japa Yagya, yeah, yeah. or the mantras, I'm the Gayatri. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. how yeah. do we understand that in context of Kali Yuga, which is the Nama Sankirtan? Oh, okay. Holy name? Yeah. So, the Vibhutis is a general thing uh, about how the Lord is represented within this material world in different ways. So, he's the Himalaya Mountains, for instance, or he's Mount Meru, or he's the shark, makara among the fish, and he's the lion among the animals, or he's the asvata among the trees. Huh? So he gives various things within this world to represent him. Now some of these things are not actually material, so the Gayatri Mantra is obviously not material, it's not different from the Lord, but it's, it's the best of mantras, because other mantras are all material, maybe, you know, the Devatas, but this is the source of the Vedas, non-different from the Vedas, so therefore it's the Gayatri Mantra, etc. Huh? and uh, well, japa yagya, etc., sacrifice on japa. So these are like general statements to show something very powerful among all the other elements or whatever like that. So among the trees, among the animals, among the fish, among the yagyas, etc., among the mantras, and there's one outstanding thing there. So just to illustrate that, he's saying that. Huh? Uh, so there he doesn't get into the yugas or anything. Huh? Mm -hmm. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Um, you mentioned that the um, descendants of Manu, they uh, abandoned the throne uh, and they're waiting to... Our particular yuga, so unfortunately. <laughs> he disappears. He's and they're advocates. just waiting to come back in such a yuga? Yeah, he'll um, come back I'm later. I was just curious, because right now we, we're in that golden age in Kali Yuga of the yeah, 10,000 yeah, yeah, yeah. such a yuga period of you know, Chaitanya yeah. Mahaprabhu. I'm just curious, why don't they come back during this time to help propagate the oh. mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Well, I suppose he also wants to give glory to Lord Chaitanya by showing that the movement of Lord Chaitanya is even more glorious than having a good ruler. <laughs> it's Chaitanya Hare Krishna. You can forget about the other things. Or along with it comes everything else. We, we do bhakti, we do nam sankirtan, everything else will follow from that. This will illustrate the power of and the glory of the holy name. I suppose that's one reason why. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Like we see that each yoga has like a yoga dharma, but uh, in Srimad Bhagavatam, we also know that if we follow any of the nine devotional processes, we can go back home, back to Godhead. Yeah. So how can we sort of, like, so it, does it mean that if somebody's um, inclined to, I, I don't know, perform one of those, which is not the yoga dharma? Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So the yoga dharma means this is the main process of that yuga for going to the Supreme Lord, etc., getting prema, uh, because the people are very suitable for that process. They are very qualified for that. So as Aniruddha said, yes, the whole idea of bhakti is I always remember Krishna and never forget him. So that's very easy in satya yoga because everybody's very pure. So they just meditate on the Supreme Lord and chant mantra in their mind and then they can go to him like that. So it's very easy. So that's for most people. It doesn't mean they don't do any other process. They can do the other processes also, but this is this common, everybody's concentrating on the Lord all the time, so this is what is taught for everybody. 
Huh? So like in Kali Yuga, okay, Kirtan is there as the main process, but we don't forget, we don't neglect or reject other processes of bhakti also. So we do hearing and chanting, deity worship and so many other things also, but they also support it. Yeah? So each yuga has its main activity and the other activities of bhakti are there, but they're more or less supporting that because the people are very inclined in that way. Thank you, Maharaj. Hare Krishna Maharaj, um, we see that Lord Krishna says that he'll protect his devotees when we fully surrender unto him. So if we're not fully surrendered unto him, like we're halfway through, will he still protect us or not? Or do we have to be fully surrendered? <laughs> well, we see an example of um, Gajendra, you know the story of Gajendra, elephant. He wasn't a real pure devotee because with pure devotee, if we have pure bhakti, we don't pray for things from the Lord. But he was uh, attacked by the crocodile, and for a thousand years he was struggling. So then he thought, okay, I'm going to pray to the Lord and recite some prayers to get out of the clutches of the crocodile. So it wasn't pure bhakti by any means, so he wasn't that advanced. But what happened? Lord came anyway. <laughs> so he was not a pure devotee, but Lord came and he rescued him, killed the crocodile, whatever like that. So. Yeah, we have cases where not on the purest level, the Lord will uh, rescue the devotee, etc. So that is quite possible. The Lord says, Nami Bhakta Pranasyati. He says, not just my devotees in the highest level, he doesn't say that. He just says, my devotees. Huh? So anyone who takes to a little bit of bhakti, uh, the Lord has attraction for that person. And even if he doesn't have bhakti, as in the case of Ajamil, but he simply utters the name accidentally, still the Lord has attraction to the person. <laughs> so you say the name of the Lord, Narayan or Vishnu or Krishna accidentally, or and to name your son or daughter or whatever, or to uh, name of your restaurant or whatever like that. Just that is attractive to the Lord also. Uh, that, that's the nature of the name especially. <laughs> and then the Lord could do th uh, remarkable things, so he saved Ajamil from all the punishments of Yamaraj. But thing is, Ajamil didn't even know that was going to happen. He, didn't, he wasn't aware he had no karmas. He was not aware of the protection of the name, anything. So sometimes we're not even aware the Lord is protecting us, but he is. <laughs> so it's inconceivable how he does it. Thank you. Hmm. We study the Bhagavatam every day mm. and it's recommended um, Nitya Bhagavata Sevaya. Mm -hmm. But um, Srila Prabhupada also gave us the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Mm -hmm. And um, the Chaitanya Charitamrita gives us an opportunity to appreciate Lord Chaitanya and his identity mm -hmm. as. Krishna. Yeah. Right? So, is just studying the Bhagavatam enough? Because even the Bhagavatam says this is our very means of conquest. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. But uh, at the same time, if we don't understand Lord Chaitanya and the fact that he's Krishna, mm. Um, is that going to be a, a problem or do we 
need to fully absorb ourselves also in the in the Chaitanya Leela mm -hmm. and yeah. you know be fully aware of yeah. the you know there are mandalas drawn of the of the associates of Krishna Krishna and all of his associates mm -hmm. and there are also mandalas drawn yeah. of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and connecting you yeah. know them all together yeah. do we need to know that as yeah. Yeah. all of that yeah. in detail mm. in order to you mm. know develop that well, yeah, the, the main idea why Bhagavatam is emphasized, because this is the emphasis given by the Acharyas, you know, <laughs> Bhagavatam is the source of everything. And uh, like Jiva Goswami, basically all of the Sandarbhas are a commentary on Bhagavatam. Huh? And then in the first uh, Sandarbha, top of Sandarbha, there he, he concludes that the whole pramana, we take pramana, and of all the pramana, finally Bhagavatam is the essence of everything. So therefore, on that basis, we can you know, we should study Bhagavatam, it's our main praman. So the, that's why it gets the emphasis. Huh? And in there, of course, we do have many topics, but ultimately the topic of Krishna. And then finally we get the Rasali Lila, and then we get Radha Krishna, but she's not mentioned, in, you know, directly or anything. Huh? Uh, with Chaitanya Charitamrita, uh, not only we get the identity of Lord Chaitanya, is non-different from Krishna, but then we also get, of course, the emphasis in the uh, prominence of Nam Sankirtan because he's going everywhere telling everybody to chant Hare Krishna and then the other point of course is Madhurya Rasa where he goes, gets into more details of Madhurya Rasa as the highest entity you know highest goal etc like that so we've got a lot of uh, presentation of Madhurya Rasa there also so that's very valuable also we should more or less take the two books as non-different <laughs> just as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is not different from Krishna so Bhagavad is not different from Chaitanya Charamrita. <laughs> Whatever is in Bhagavatam and, and is also in you know, Chaitanya Charamrita, but in the same explicit form, <laughs> because Lord Chaitanya reveals Krishna and Radha Krishna. So we can say it's just an expansion of that. So it's a compliment, we can say, to that. And, and also the importance of Sankirtanas. And, yeah. and yeah. if you read the Chaitanya Charamrita, then you uh, well, at least. In my experience, I, I suddenly realized, oh, now I know why I'm a devotee and yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And in one sense, yeah. you, get the, you get the understanding that we're in Chaitanya Leela even now yeah. Yeah. because Lord Chaitanya's Leela keeps on expanding yeah. through the Sankatan. Yeah, the, tree, so, the trees have all these branches that go down. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it broadens. Yeah. So really for us then that means we need to be aware of both to, yep. to get well, a that, full... That's why Prabhupada <laughs> translated it, did a record, uh, you know, how many months he took and then it suddenly he had to print in three months. <laughs> so he wanted to get that out, so yeah, important. Mm. Yeah, he also halted his uh, Bhagavatam to do the Nectar of Instruction, which is another curious little <laughs> anomaly. <laughs> Short one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then told the devotee. The devotees thought this was just a, pro, you know, just for the lo if just for the devotees. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Prabhupada said no. Um, yeah. Distribute this more oh, yeah. widely. Yeah. yeah. Well, we can say that's a, a summary of everything, and it gets up to the highest level there at the end, also, because again we get into Radha Krishna even. So it's like kind of like Chaitanya Dhamma in that sense. Mm. Yeah, a very interesting. Very interesting story how the nectar of instruction came about, and mm -hmm. and it, Prabhupada didn't dictate it like he usually did into mm -hmm. his dictaphone, uh -huh. but he 
he, uh, he dictated it to Satsuruk Maharaj, who wrote it down. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. And, um, you know, Hrishikesh Ananda? Yeah. He was the one who asked Prabhupada to translate oh. it. Ah, oh, he did. Okay, fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, very interesting story how it came about. Okay. Hare Krishna.